Amen. You know, there's a... We sometimes get so used to praying that we we forget that we're... uh, we're at the throne of the King. We're, we're speaking to the one who can make the impossible possible. We're, we're in the presence of someone who has all authority. We're commissioned to release His goodness and His presence and His power by His authority as we pray. Don't forget that when you pray, God hears you. God hears your prayers. That it's not an empty, pointless thing. It's it's powerful. I was reminded... Well, we're just going to go off the cuff here <clears throat> for a second. Uh, you know, I, I went to Austin this week um, for like 20, 32 hours um, Wanted to see, say goodbye to my brother and his family, so I just personally myself uh, drove down there, and uh, you know we we stayed up you know Thursday. I got there Thursday afternoon and was there till Friday afternoon. But one of the things that Josh has seen down in Austin is is the power of prayer. With churches praying, churches praying together, churches praying on their own. Um, you know, they have they have 24-7 prayer in Austin, Texas. Forty different churches, give or take one or two, about 40 are involved. So they take one day a month. Each church takes one day a month and prays for 20, takes that 24-hour prayer. That's, that's incredible. It's across denominations. It's not... It's not just one type of church or whatever. I mean, there's there's some stuff going on, and in the church that that Josh got connected with, which if if you don't remember was the church that our four square church in Cedar Park when we closed it, we really just said this this is time for a new season. Most of those people went to this church called Northwest Fellowship. It's a non-denominational church, uh, pastored by a. Uh, a great set of pastors, Trey and Marianne Kent. Um, I just love their hearts for the Lord, and I haven't seen them for 14 years. But uh, I've heard about what's going on, and, and through through this time, uh, Pastor Trey had a uh, he had a real heart for unity and seeing the churches come together. And he had at somewhere along this way, he had an encounter with God, and that encounter with God changed his life personally brought him to a new level and called him to say, take some leadership in bringing the city together to pray. And so this has been going on for a number of years, but they're, they're beginning to see breakthroughs. There's, there's, there's 24-7 worship things going on. I met my old friend, uh, John Vasquez, who was, you know, came out of our youth group when we were youth pastoring there in, in the Austin area. And he's been a worship leader at a large church there now, and he's involved in all kinds of ministries. He's in the Heart of David internship with uh, with Rick Pino, if some of you have heard of him. Uh, but just he's involved in all these different kinds of things. And even when I met John uh, at In-N-Out Burger <laughs> in Cedar Park, Texas, they have In-N-Out now there. Uh, I know. If, it, if you're a Texan, you think Whataburger is better. I know. So um, I'll pray, continue to pray for you. I have, or you can continue to pray for me. Okay, one of us needs to get delivered. <clears throat> so I met John at, at In-N-Out Burger, and here's here's the deal. He was a little bit late, and he said, "Man, I was I was just catching up on some sleep because I'm doing a night watch tonight. I'll be doing prayer and worship from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., and I'll be leading a, a worship set at 4 a.m. Just because there's stuff just just going on. There's people seeking God, and here's the deal." Um, at, specifically at Northwest Fellowship, they've been doing this for a while and calling churches to pray, but they felt a call to prayer as well. To, as their local body, God says, hey, you're going to be praying on Tuesdays and Fridays from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. 
I'm not saying we have to do this, okay? If God speaks to you, go for it. Uh, <laughs> you start it up. Um, and Josh was just telling me that, that Trey had lived in the same, same general neighborhood for, you know, he's been in Austin, Cedar Park area for about 25 years, maybe 20 plus years. And he had never once really had any kind of impact on his neighbors. Once they started praying on Tuesdays and Fridays, he had neighbors coming up to him. And several of them got saved. I mean, they start asking him questions. They were they were drawn to him. He had a guy come in his office just a few weeks ago that said, I need to come see you, Pastor, right now. He's like, man, I'm, I've got several appointments. Let me see if I can work you in. Somebody canceled and this guy just comes in. As soon as he steps in his office, he just began to weep. He fell on his face and began to weep and said, I need to get right with God. You know, prayer changes things. So. Anyway, I got to visit Austin and, and see what's going on there. That God's, God's doing some good things in Austin. So, Corey, get down there and join that thing. <laughs> and then come back soon. <laughs> if God tells you. When God tells you. <laughs> Sorry, I just give you a hard time, Corey. We just love you too much. So, uh, So there's... You know, but it, I was reminded, I mean, I, I was stirred, you know, there's there's something about when we pray. And so don't don't sell yourself short. Um, again, it's not. You know, it doesn't mean that God is calling this church or this city to do those things. I don't know, but he is calling us to pray. It doesn't have to be the same pattern, the same way, the same day, the same hours, whatever. But he is calling us to pray. So I encourage you personally in your own life. How is God leading you to pray? And also maybe how is he calling you to connect with somebody else? Connect with the body of Christ. Maybe it's somebody in another church. You're friends with somebody in another church. And you say, I just want us to pray together because we're a part of, you know, different bodies in this city. And let's let's bring some unity here. I don't know. Just listen to the spirit. But let's. Let's be encouraged that when we pray, something's going on. Something's happening. So, sermon number two. Okay, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12. We are on the gifts of the Spirit, and we're, I'm excited about today. We're going to do the gift of prophecy. We're going to at least start the gift of prophecy. We may have to do a two-parter on this one. <clears throat> and so, 1 Corinthians 12, let's read this scripture. Uh, Follow along in your Bible or on the screen if you can. Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the word of God as we read this. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one or everyone, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the spirit the message of the word of wisdom. To another, the message of the word of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing. Remember, it's gifts, not one gift. Gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of languages, tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of those languages. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. So today we're going to look at prophecy. We didn't go in order. You'll notice a couple of weeks ago we were we did the, the sermon of spirits um, and we've done the tongues and interpretation after that, I believe. And uh, today we're going to talk about prophecy. So if you don't have notes, um, does anybody still need notes? We have notes here. Shane will pass them out for me. Thank you, Shane. So if you need notes, wave your hand at Shane. They're in your bulletin if you got one of those. Excuse me. I meant to pass that out before I read the scripture. Sorry, Shane. My bad. Anybody else need one? If it's helpful for you, we have it for you. 
Okay, so the gift of prophecy. Here's what the gift of prophecy, just the definition that, that we've come up with here, is the supernatural ability given by the Holy Spirit to catch God's heart for a person or situation and communicate clearly what he is saying. All true prophecy will never contradict or be in opposition to any part of the written word of God, the Bible. So it has to uh, has to line up with the Bible or we know, hey, that's not prophecy. That's something else. <laughs> that's not the Holy Spirit. If he doesn't he doesn't say two things out of it, he doesn't contradict himself. So what he's already spoken, he wants to say something different. He may say something new that enlightens something here, but it's not going to contradict. So, you know, the gift of pro- I love the I love this definition. And we came up with these a few years ago as a staff. And I love the part about catching God's heart. Because really, if you uh, if you have God's heart, then you can share God's word. You know, if you bring the word of the Lord without the heart of God, it's not really the word of the Lord. And if you have the heart of God, but you're not bringing the word of the Lord, you're missing part of the heart of God. And so prophecy, I believe the prophetic word is really a, a demonstration and a, and a revelation of God's heart. What he is saying and the heart that he is saying it with. You know, in the Old Testament, some people look at the Old Testament and they go, man, God is kind of a little bit tick, more ticked off, right? <laughs> He's a little bit, a little bit more, you know, and, and, I don't, and here's the deal. Jesus changed everything. We have to understand that when Jesus came, he made a way where everything was different. So it's not that it's not that God changed, it's that Jesus changed it. God's the same. Jesus is now interceding for us. There's now a sacrifice for sin. There's now a, there's now a person who says, hey, you can be forgiven. I've taken care of it. It's not it's not about what you've done. It's about what I've done. But, you know, when I read the Old Testament prophets, you know, there's a lot of a lot of the books of the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, Ezekiel and Daniel and Habakkuk and Malachi. You can read those. I hear the heart of God. There is such a heart and a longing in, in the prophetic books in the Old Testament. Where it's, it's God longing for His people. It's saying, hey, come on back. I mean, think about the book of Hosea. It's just like this, this, this heartache love cry for God to say, hey, don't run around and do all this stuff. I'm here. I'm the one that's going to satisfy you. I'm the one who's good. Stop running around to your other lovers. It's, it's the heart of God being expressed in the Word of God. And so that's, that's really what I believe part of what, when we're bringing a prophetic word, when we're speaking for God, we need to have His heart. And if I have His heart, though, I need to be speaking His Word. Because God's saying something all the time. So the two together is, is the power of, the, of prophecy. You know, and here's the deal. We hear, we're kind of on... The first section. <laughs> there's there's two kinds of prophecy. Okay, just to give you a little. And, and many of you know this. There's the, the prophecy. When we hear the word prophecy, sometimes we think of only the future, right? You think of something that's going to happen in the future. Hey, they they prophesied that that was going to happen, you know, two years from now. And then it happened. And that is part of prophecy. And that's the foretelling part of prophecy. In other words, telling something before it happens. Sometimes God, when he speaks, is going to say, hey, this is this is what's going to come to pass. This is what's going to happen. But there's another part of prophecy, which is the more common, even in the Old Testament, even in the and and in the New Testament, especially when it's talking about prophetic words, it's forth telling a little bit of Bible college for you today. Okay, I hope you don't mind. You've had some Bible college. So foretelling is predicting what's going to happen in the future. A word that's going to happen, you know, sometime in the future. It could be tomorrow, could be next week, could be two years from now. Foretelling is speaking into the present. In other words, what is God saying right now in this situation in time? And most of the time, prophetic words are not, 
oh, God's going to do this and send this and do this. No, it's God speaking into the present because God's a God of the present. He's a, he's a God of the now. In other words, he speaks into the now so that the future is different. So here's the purpose of prophecy in the New Testament, because we're interested in what happens in the new covenant after Jesus comes. Because it does does change everything. So 1 Corinthians 14, if you want to flip over to just chapter 14. It says this about prophecy. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So there's something about this gift that God says, hey, you need to go after this thing. It's important for you to say, hey, I need this in my life. Eagerly desire. It doesn't say pray for your pastor to have the gift of prophecy. It doesn't say pray for the elders to give lots of great prophetic words. No, it says you eagerly desire. You. You. Press into this. Search after this. Go after this. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Those are the purposes of New Testament prophecy. Number one, to edify or strengthen. This is to build up. Why is prophecy so important? Because our world is tearing us down. Our world is tearing us down. You go through your week and you're around someone who's not full of Jesus. They're probably tearing you down. I need to be built up. And the prophecy, prophetic words, whether that's publicly given for everybody or me one on one with you, it's so we're built up. It's so we're strengthened. You know, when someone shares something from God to you personally or, you know, they speak it publicly and you're like, whoa, that was right for me. You've heard that, right? You know, when someone gets up front, you're like, how are they talking to me? It sometimes happens during a message, like a sermon. Because a lot of times what's happening in a, in a sermon is prophecy. There's a prophetic word coming. It's the now word of God. The prophecy is the word of the Lord. What's God saying right now? But when I hear that, I'm built up. I mean, there's something in me that's, that's strengthened, that's built. And so we need to be built up. We need to be strengthened. You know, if I'm being torn down by everyone else, I need my 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 spiritual community, the body of Christ, my brothers and sisters, my family to build me up. How 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 does that happen with one another where I'm sharing? Here's what God's saying. Here's what I see God doing in your life. Number two, it says encouragement or exhortation. What this means is to spur somebody on to push them forward. To give them courage. To call forth. Sometimes, you know, we have to call forth things in one another. You know, I have to, I have to speak into someone's life. And when you catch God's heart and you have God's word, it's going to call forth things out of people's lives around you. You're going to be speaking things. That, and that, you, there's more for you. There's, there's something that God has for you. And you know what? That also builds you up, but it calls forth what God wants to bring out. It's an invitation. It's, you know, exhortation is an invitation. Hey, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. There's something more here. Let's go. Number three, it says the purpose is for comfort, consolation and peace. Sometimes we just need that, the, the presence of God, the peace of God, the wholeness of God to come into our lives. How does that happen? One of the ways is through prophecy, through prophetic words. You know, last year I spoke on this and encouraged us, you know, so, you know, this is kind of a refresher to say, hey, this is important. You know, when when someone comes to me and I'm going to talk about personal prophecy here, when someone comes to me and shares a word that they think is from God, um, you know, it's the real deal there. That's encouraging to me that that is strengthening. I, I need that. We all need that in our lives. Because you know what? Here's the deal. We hear God in community and not just personally. You know, in the United States, we've kind of got this whole idea. It, it, we've, we've probably got it a little too much. We're very independent. We're very, you know, my rights, my this, my that. You know, and we're saying, you know, my personal relationship with God. And that's tr- kind of true. But like in the New Testament, there's no personal relationship with God without relationship with the community. 
It's actually more about us than about you. It's about it's about the people of God. You and when the book of Acts, when 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 the Holy Spirit shows up, it wasn't about one person. It was about the community. It was about the people of God hearing from God and sharing what they hear with those around them. And so, you know, there's something about community when we're speaking into one another's lives. You know, we can speak encouragement without it being a prophetic word. So let's just encourage one another. Okay, can we just do that? But then there's times where God gives you something specific. And then that's a prophetic word. That's a prophecy. You know, it doesn't have to be all weird to be a prophecy. You know that? Doesn't have to be somebody on TV predicting the future about when Jesus is going to come back. You know, um, that's that might even be true. I don't, of course, no one knows the day or the hour. So let's just re- remind ourselves that if they know the day or the hour, they're wrong. Because God says, no, I'm not going to come back that day then. <laughs> you eliminated that day. Quit predicting it so I can come back. Right. <laughs> no one knows the day or the hour. If they do, they got lucky. It's just like you guess every day. Jesus, come back tomorrow. Jesus, come back tomorrow. Somebody's going to get it right if they keep saying it every day. Anyway, side side note. So I need that's the purpose when I'm when I am operating in this gift, whether it's with a group of people or one on one, it's to build up, to strengthen, to exhort them, maybe call something out of their life to say, hey. You know, I, I see this in your life. God's saying, you have, a, you have this gift. You need to use it. You know, there's something more going on here. Or just a bit, give peace and comfort. God speaks, you know, says, hey, I see what's going on in your life. You know, a specific word of comfort and, and consolation and peace. So, I've kind of already talked about, if you're on your notes, why prophecy important. Number one, here's the deal. God's a speaking God. God is not a mute idol. He is not a he's not a make believe person. He is not Santa Claus. Thank goodness. (laughs) He's a speaking God and God loves to speak to us. And what's more important than hearing the word of the Lord? Nothing. Amen. There's nothing more important than hearing God. I need to hear the word of the Lord. Okay, and I need to hear him personally. But there's times where. I'm having trouble hearing and someone else needs to help me hear God by they bring the word of the Lord. And what happens? My heart, my spirit, it'll confirm whether or not that's that's God. Why does what does the Bible say? It says, hey, test all the prophetic words, judge them. You're actually supposed to do all kinds of judging. So all those people say, don't judge, don't judge. No, you're supposed to judge. You're supposed to judge fruit in people's lives. That's how we know whether someone's true or false, right? By your fruits, you will know them. How do you know that? You have to make a judgment. You're just supposed to make right judgments. (laughs) That was free, too. There's lots of free sermons today, okay? Lots of free ones. But God, think about this. There is nothing more important than the word of the Lord. And that's why I think God says, hey, pursue this gift. Because the Holy Spirit's in you. He wants to release the word of the Lord. God wants to speak through me. He doesn't want to just speak to me. He wants to speak through me. And again, this is not limited to the church meeting. It's not limited to someone who's a Christian. God can speak to you for someone else. Now, when you share it with them, you don't have to say, this is a word from the Lord. Because I'm oh, weirdo, get off me, buddy. <laughs> You know, just say, hey, I was just thinking about this, and I think God may have said this. Let me share it with you. Some, you know, it's just something not, you know, and you may speak into their life and just encourage them. And you know what? You've given them the word of the Lord. And number two, is this, I've already preached this. It has God's heart. So when you share that, it reveals the heart of God. God's a speaking God. Number two, he reveal, it reveals the heart of God. And so... You have just deposited in someone out somewhere what God's saying and his heart. Man, those two things right there draw people to Jesus. Because it's, it's the heart of God, the love of God, 
and knowing the truth of what God is saying that draws people to him. They have to know the truth. It can't be just mushy feelings like, ooh, God's so good. No, there's, then there's the truth part. There's the word of the Lord. What does God say, what does God say in this situation? Number three, why is prophecy important? It confirms, confirmation. There's many times, and I think a lot of the time, when you receive something, when you receive a prophetic word from someone personally or in a, in a larger group, whether that's a small group, like in a home group or at a church meeting like this, that it should confirm something. It should be confirming. You know, a lot of times God does that to confirm what he's saying to you in your heart. And so when some, you know, that's why we need to do this with one another. Because what if I'm waiting on confirmation and it's helpful if someone else says, hey, I was praying about this, this is what God showed me. You're like, oh, wow, that confirms exactly what God's been showing me. Now I know what to do. It doesn't mean, now look, it doesn't mean I have to have everybody, you know, I can hear God for myself, but it's great to have a confirmation. That's part of what the community is about to say, hey, yeah, this is God. Oh, yeah, we think this is God too. And so it, again, that builds you up. That encourages you. That spurs you on. It says, I'm going for something here. So number three is confirmation. And number four, I think, why is prophecy important? It keeps the focus on God because we're waiting to hear from Him. We're not waiting to hear from someone else. There's a, there's a danger in this is we can either focus on ourselves or on the person giving the prophetic word. You know, you can get off track when we focus too much on the prophet because it doesn't matter who the prophet is. You know, God used a donkey. Okay. And my friend, I love this. I know I've shared this probably a hundred times and you'll hear it a hundred more times if you stay at this church. Um, you know, my friend, and I always said in Bible college, like that, the, the donkey is the best prophet ever. You know why the donkey is the best prophet? Because, you know, it's all God. <laughs> There's not, none of his own words are inserted in that thing. <laughs> it's got to be all God. So, you know, again, it's not about the pro- it doesn't matter who brings the message. We don't want to lift that person up. We want Jesus lifted up. And anybody who starts, you know, again, if we can start getting off track. We start thinking, oh, man, I don't think any of us are in danger of that in, in this group here. That's that's not our heart. And that's not what we're about. But it's, it's something to be aware of as you operate in this gift. It's not supposed to be about you. It's about him because it's bringing the word of the Lord. To bring people to Jesus, not bring people to the prophet. So the nature of prophecy and the fullness and nature of prophecy, there's three parts to prophecy. Number one is this revelation. That's what God reveals to you. So when you receive a prophetic word, however you receive it, whether God just gives you an impression, whether God gives you a picture in your mind, whether you see a vision, whether you see words, whether he points you to a scripture. Sometimes he might start there and do it that way. Uh, he might just give you the first part, like we talked about with tongues and interpretation. You know, God's not necessarily going to lay it all out. He might just say, here's where we start. And you've got to go from there and you take the step of faith. And then God gives you the rest as you're speaking. But that's the revelation. What is God showing you? What is he saying? Number two, there's the interpretation. Because there's a revelation what God is showing, but then there's also an interpretation. What does this mean? You know, if it's not clear, if it's not, you know, laid out specifically in the revelation, because God could just reveal something that's very uh, picturesque. It's like, hey, here's a picture I, I saw from God. And you share it and you're like, now we need an interpretation. We need to know what that means. We don't need to just say, there's a picture of a dove in the sky and... Um, Okay, thank you, Lord. Uh, what is you know what is what does that picture mean? I'm just throwing sil- something silly out. Remember, I'm not the picture guy. I'm one of those people that's the non-picture guy. So talk to my wife if you want a picture. Um, <clears throat> the artistic people, or something. So, but we need the interpretation. And number three, then, is the application. All that is the fullness of prophecy. You have the revelation, the interpretation, application. Here, and here's, here's my encouragement to all of us. Share what God gives you. Don't interpret it unless he interprets it for you. This is where we can get... This is where people get off. Okay? Most of the time in churches, I don't think people are intentionally going off track. 
But what happens is God shows me something. I share it. And then I say, and this is what that means. And we need to only share this is what that means if God has given me the interpretation. He might just give you the revelation. And in that fact, you just share what it is. You don't have to interpret it. You don't have to apply it. That's for that group of people or that person to do. It might be that God says, I'm going to give them the revelation through you. And they're in their relationship with me. They're going to receive the interpretation and the application. You know, and again, if you have the interpretation, don't give the application if you don't have the application. You know, you interpret it and say, and here's what you need to do in your life. No. (laughs) If God gives you the application, great. But so there's three parts to the prophetic word. God might be giving you separate parts. He's he's most likely going to give you the revelation. And that's where people, I think, get off track is they start interpreting their own revelation, the revelation from God. It may mean something else. And so all of those parts, we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that's doing this. The Holy Spirit is is the it's 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 the gifts of the spirit. Right. So it's his gifts to give through you to someone else. Here's an, I'm just giving you some practical things here. Um, the second thing we need to ask is, when I'm in a meeting, I always have something. I think when we get together with God, He's always speaking. We, we're always getting something. You know, when I when I go to like a uh, like a like when I go to convention next week, next couple weeks, you know, or I go to a, a meeting like in fall conference with our with our local district. When we get together, I'm always like, ooh, I could say something right now. I have something I think God could say right now. Most of the time I don't. You know why? It's either probably just for me or it's not the right time. So when you have something from God, here's the deal. We should first ask this. If God shows me something, he begins to bring a revelation. First question, God, is this for me? Now, those of us that are shy or those of us that are a little more reserved, we're assuming everything we get is for us, right? And sometimes it's not for you. It's for someone else. Well, God's saying, no, I want you to share that. So whatever side you fall on, it's good to just be aware of whatever side that is. If you're on the, say, behind the safe line side, you need to ask, hey, God, is this, are you wanting me to share this with somebody, with the group, with someone else personally? So it's a great question. Is this for me, God? When he shows you something, is this for me? Sometimes we think, oh, this is for me and it's for somebody else. Doesn't mean he won't bless you, give you something through. But he's like, I want, hey, I want you to share this. <laughs> Number two, the other question is, is it for now? Sometimes we get something. And so right away we're like, and, and God says, hey, this is for Tommy. And so we go, all right, we go find Tommy. Hey, Tommy, God just showed me something. And we're jumping the gun because uh, the second question we ask, is it for me? And so we get an answer. When you get an answer, God says, that's for you or that's for this group or this for this person, maybe. Uh, Then you need to ask, is it for now? Because God may show you something and say, hold on to that. You know, it says the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. You, you don't have to let it out right now. OK, you know, God says you, you can <laughs> you can be under control in a good way. You can be under self-control and the control of the Holy Spirit where it doesn't have to come out right now. It's like, oh, I got to share this right now. God's giving it to me. Well, maybe. <laughs> but is it for now? So those are two great questions to ask. A third question to ask yourself and again, don't get too far where you you don't want to be thinking too much. I'm not trying to get you to think, but it's just inter, interact with the Lord. But the other thing is, is if it, does this line up with the Bible or what I know of the Bible? Does this line up with Scripture? Because it might sound amazing, it might sound cool, but if it doesn't line up with with the, with the Scriptures, then that's just pizza. That's just you know I had too much In and Out Burger, you know, and those great fries are just stirring up something within me. It's not God. So, you know, just just that's a great question. It's like just real quick. It's like, you know, and even ask the Holy Spirit, 
You know, because again, it's his his stuff going, that's going on the whole time. He, he's speaking, and he might even bring a scripture to your mind that confirms, "Hey, this this is for me." You know, whenever I'm thinking about something like that, I'm thinking, "Where is that in the Bible?" That's kind of the teacher side of me, probably. Not everybody's thinking that way, but it's a good question to ask. Another practical thought: some prophecies are conditional; some are unconditional. What do I mean by that? Let me give you an example. You know, I went to Austin, uh, like I said, this past week. I had not been back to Austin since 2003 when I helped my brother move to Midland. That's how I figured it out. So I've only been back there one time. So I haven't been there for... How many years is that? (laughs) Twelve. Help me out. What year is it? (laughs) It's still like 1997, isn't it? For some of you, it's 1987, and some of you, it's 77. <laughs> so, um, 12 years is a long time, and so a lot had changed. I mean, there was huge growth there and things I hadn't seen. But one of the, one of the things I hadn't seen, and I shared this on Wednesday, was at our church there, our church plant that we poured our life into, we bought property. And at that time, this was on the edge of town, on the edge of Cedar Park, right into Leander, and there was nothing hardly out there. It was just, um, you know, there was a, an elementary school that we met at for our church plant. So every week we'd set up all the chairs and all that stuff. Boy, that's a lot of fun. You should do it sometime. Um, every Saturday, let's load the chairs and set up the sound system. So I did that every week with my brother <laughs> and uh, and some other sometimes other people um, that would help. And so we bought this property right on the corner of Lakeline Boulevard and New Hope Drive, which at that point, Lakeline was a dead end and New Hope Drive was a dead end. There was nothing out there. And so we bought this property and we're like wanting to get our own building, you know, get the church going a little bit more. And so one of the things we had to do was every week we had to Clear the land ourselves. We go down there with chainsaws every Saturday. Work day every Saturday, man. Every single Saturday after working all week, because I worked a full-time job just like real people back then. (laughs) I worked, you know, 40 hours Monday through Friday or whatever plus. Um, And then Saturday morning, all of us guys would meet up there and work for four, five, six hours, cutting branches, throwing them into a, a trailer, loading the trailer up and going and dumping the trailer every Saturday. And so we cleared, uh, this is, man, we probably cleared four acres worth. Maybe, maybe I'm being, maybe it was three. I don't know. Anyway, it, we did it for months and months and months and months and months, just about every week. And as we were doing this, you know, we're, we're working towards a goal what began to happen was God began to speak prophetic words to us. I still remember prophetic words about us worshiping on that on that property and, you know, someone else as they drove by there, even before we had the property that was they they saw a vision of people with hands raised worshiping the Lord on this property. So I go back and I, I know what's happened. See, what happened was our church, you know, was still a pretty good sized church. It was just time to close it. We'll just say it that way. The season was done. And so that property was still there. And there's another four, four square church plant that tried to, that couldn't get going either. And then at some point, what happened was the property was sold. We bought the property for $75,000. It was about eight acres. Um, and then we sold off a couple of acres to the guy in the back for like $30,000 or Twenty thousand through, you know, right away, and so there was maybe six acres left, I guess. So a good chunk of land. They sold it later for eight hundred thousand dollars. It was. It's probably worth. I'm going to just give you my professional guess. I would say right now, um, if you had sold that piece of property with the location that's that it's in it would be worth at least $1.2 million. But as I went back to Austin, 
I drove by. We rode by our property. And you know what's on that property right now? A Texaco station. (laughs) A gas station is on the property. And there's a small piece of it that is not developed yet. Where I'm going, that must be where the church is, Lord. Right? And the trees have grown back that we tore down. They're like, what? They're all grown back in that little, small little area. Here's the deal. Some of those things were conditional. I believe that was God's desire. But there's sometimes something that we have to do where we walk into what God says is in our future. It's not just going to automatically happen. And so some words of the Lord are conditional. Think about Jonah in the Old Testament. The word of the Lord to Jonah was, I'm going to destroy Nineveh. When Jonah went there and preached, they repent. God changed his mind. It was a conditional prophetic word. The condition was, if they repented, then they wouldn't be destroyed. There was a, Think about the other things in the Old Testament. There's other times where God would say, if this, then this. So there's, there's sometimes when God speaks into our life where God gives us a conditional prophecy. In other words, it's not, it's not just going to magically happen in your life. You need to keep following Jesus. You need, to, you need to keep yourself right with Him. You need to keep yourself in obedience to His Word. You need to be in, in, the, in the presence of God. You need to be in the Word of God in prayer. Then it's going to happen. You know, I believe there's, you know, probably something we missed or maybe in the future they tear that thing down and build a church building. People worship. I don't know. Maybe there's going to be a revival at Texaco one day and people are just going to be lifting their hands in worship. I don't know. Maybe it was just a conditional prophecy. And there are some of the conditions that we never stepped into. And so God sometimes gives us an invitation into the future. He's given us something that we can walk into, but it's not unconditional. There are other times where God just gives a word and says, this is it. I'm going to do it. doesn't matter what you do. I'm taking care of it. They're unconditional. You know, they're, you know, sending of Jesus, the prophecies about Jesus was unconditional. You know, God promised the Savior. It didn't matter if people were seeking him or not. It didn't matter if people wanted him to come or not. God says, I'm coming. I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. I love the world and I'm going to die for the world. It was unconditional. It was going to happen no matter what. And so both things can happen right now when God is sharing, when the word of the Lord comes. And so sometimes it's conditional, sometimes it's not. And so, again, that's the Holy Spirit has to reveal that to us. And I'm not even sure that we have to necessarily know that. We don't have to figure out, hey, God, is this conditional or unconditional? I just want to know if I have to work for it or not. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's not about that. It's just a matter of knowing that, hey, I believe when God speaks, it's going to happen unless he has a condition on it. Some things are conditional. We have to walk into God's future and take hold of things. God has given us authority. He said, you're, my, you're now my sons and daughters. You know, you have authority. You you have you have you have the ability. You go ahead and step into this. You know, sometimes God wants us shows us something and says, I want you to to charge this thing. Take, you know, take authority over this. You know, don't let it go. Hold on to it. Keep praying. We need to hear from the Lord. We need to hear from God. You know, it's, uh, obviously we've, we've mentioned my brother's leaving tomorrow. Um, but you know what really stirred Josh's heart about four or five years ago to pursue Ireland? It was a prophetic word. You know, somehow or other, you know, when my brother and Jennifer got married in the year 2000, six months after they got married, 
God spoke to them separately. Josh came home and the word, the revelation to Josh, the personal word to him was someday you will live and raise your children in Ireland. And he got home and said, Jennifer, the Lord just spoke to me. And she said, he spoke to me, too. It's about Ireland. That's how God revealed to them. Hey, this is this is what's going to happen. But several years ago, my brother and Jennifer were uh, he was actually here with someone and someone who is not here right now gave them a prophetic word that said this. You're waiting on God, but God's waiting on you. You need to go. You need to take steps to, to step into this dream that he's given you. And so I believe, again, that's another example of a conditional promise or a conditional prophetic word from God. It says, hey, you've got to step into this. You know, and what did they do? They begin to take steps. It took a lot longer than they thought, and they made a whole lot of mistakes. They didn't do things the right way a lot of times, but it didn't matter. They kept going towards what God had said, and he said, hey, you've got to go for it. God's waiting on you. The time is now. Go ahead and go for it. And so there's time we got to step into it. And we need to if we don't know the word of the Lord, we don't know what we're going to step into. So I need to share the word of the Lord, share the word of the Lord and have the word of the Lord being spread among us because then we know what we're stepping into. Then we know there's something to go for. And so I'm excited. I'm excited about what God's going to do because there are good things in store in the future. But we have to sometimes take hold of them. We have to sometimes not wait and, man, I hope it's going to happen. No, we've got, we've got to go for it. I preached a little bit more on this one than the others, huh? That was good. <laughs> so here's the deal. We need to activate and release this gift in our lives because it's a gift of the Holy Spirit, but He wants to, he wants to use it in our lives. Um, you know, if it says in the Scripture... That we need all that we need all eagerly desire this. So so let's just let's just ask the Lord right now. Can we ask the Lord to just begin to release that in our lives? Yes. Amen. Well, we 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 can pray with you again before we leave. Let's, let's, we'll do we'll do that. So, and maybe the Lord will Lord will speak to somebody here and share something with you. Let's just be open to that. Let's stand up. Let's stand up if you can, and let's just let's just invite the Holy Spirit right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Speak to us, or even right now, God, speak to us right now, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, speak to us, minister to us, Lord. I pray for those who are who are a little bit shy. I pray for those who are a little bit on the safe line, Lord, that you would you would activate this gift in their lives and you begin to release them to do it like you've called them to do it. It doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be a certain way. But it's sharing the word of the Lord that you reveal with, with somebody else. Or whether that's a group. Lord, we want to be open to share with groups of people. We want to be open to share the word of the Lord when we're one-on-one with someone. Lord, we want to be open when we're out with somebody that we don't know. That you're speaking all the time. So we invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you, Holy Spirit. Release the gift of prophecy in me. Go ahead and say that on your own. Ask the Lord, ask the Lord to do that in your life. Lord, release this gift in me. Lord, release the prophetic gifts in me, Lord. Release a prophetic word through me. Oh, Lord, we want to we wanna hear from you and share from you what you're saying. Release this gift, Lord. There's, we just need to hear God, Lord. In this time and hour, there's people that need to hear from you. Lord, we need to hear what you're saying to us, to one another, God, to encourage one another. We need that supernatural word of God to come. 
We need to catch God's heart and see it released in spoken form. So we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for quickening our hearts. Lord, we thank you for stirring our spirits, Lord, that we might be open. Lord, we might we might have our our listeners on that we're always listening. We're always in tune saying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Holy Spirit, what are you doing right now? Holy Spirit, are you wanting to share something through me right now? Let me be your mouthpiece, God. Let me be the one who speaks your word. Lord, I'm, it's important. The word of the Lord is important. What God is saying is important. It's important enough for me to listen and speak it out. Lord, remove our, our, our hesitations. Our fears, God, our doubts, Lord, we, we ask for those barriers that stop us from being bold to be removed. Just as Paul prayed, he said, pray that I will speak the word boldly, Lord. And we ask for that, Lord, that we will be bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion, it says in Proverbs. We thank you for that. God, we can be confident that you are the one doing this. You're going to back us up, and when we mess up, it's okay. We're going to learn. We're going to learn when we miss it, Lord. And we need to fail because we need to be empty of ourselves. We need to be empty of our pride. Lord, we need to be emptied of anything that would put the focus on us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about me, God. It doesn't matter. It's about You. Thank You, Lord, for stirring up the gifts. Stir up the gifts in our hearts, God. Stir up the gifts in our lives. Lord, thank You for that. Thank You, Holy Spirit. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Hey, let's let's turn to one another and just begin to pray. A few of us there, go grab, pray here, right here with Kristen, and or come up here. If you're not, if you don't sense the call to pray, pray with her. Let's just let's just everybody get with somebody else. Join your family with another family. Make sure nobody's left out. Let's just let's just pray for one another. Let's just let's just. And if God shows you something, then share it. Thank you. Thank you, Lord.